Welcome back to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I am your host, Michael Martin, and I am joined by my Thunder buddy, Joe Masato, as we get into draft season. Joe, how are you doing? Doing good, Michael. Uh, catching my breath a, a little bit. You've you've taken the reins of the pod, had, had Derek Parker on, who did a great job talking some draft, and we are we're within a month of the 2023 NBA draft. I'll be up there in Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, you know, kind of, kind of still a quiet time, but ramping up a little bit as we, uh, dissect these draft prospects. Would this be the second draft you've gone to? Yeah. Yeah. Last year was my first, uh, wild experience. Uh, obviously with, uh, Chet being the number two pick and then the kind of the confusion, at least there, I I've, I've told the story before, but the Wi-Fi at Barclays center, beautiful place, but horrible Wi-Fi. And um, so we were like the last ones to know anything. It was like we were watching the draft pre-Twitter, you know, back in the good old days where not every pick was spoiled. Um, So me trying to figure out what the heck the Thunder did at 11 and 12 with that trade and being like, wait, they're keeping both these guys. Um, So that was a fun time. But yeah, we'll be back up there. Hopefully better Wi-Fi. Hopefully the same amount of drama. See if you can get a hot spot. See if you can make a call up to the top. I know you probably have Adam Silver's email. He can just Adam, can we get the Wi-Fi just a little bit better? Maybe Joe Sai be like, hey, you've got a lot of money. It's clearly not going into the Wi-Fi here at Barclays Center. Um I'll work like, on that though. From one Joe to another. I think that you could have something there. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> We're both named Joe. <laughs> what else? That's about it. I don't <laughs> but anyways, we both have bank accounts. We, Yours has more in yeah. it than mine. Both of our bank accounts have at least one zero in it. Yes. But yeah. uh, I, I was telling you about this. There was a story that came out on uh, TikTok of this guy. Let's see his name here. Uh, Jordan Haber. And he entered the NBA draft. He is a law student. And he decided just for fun that he would read the CBA, which I don't know how you would ever think fun in reading the CBA in the same sentence, but he goes to Cardoza Law in New York, and he read that there are some loopholes of how just regular people can enter the NBA draft. And one of the rules is as long as you are like within an age range and it's after like within the window of your graduating year. So he graduated in the fall, so he'd be eligible for this draft. And you give the NBA a 60-day notice along with like a passport, your birth certificate, and other stuff. You too can be entered in the NBA draft. This is a really cool story that I knew nothing about until you alerted me to it. I I had no idea what the process is. It kind of reminds me of, heck, it might be easier to register as like a presidential candidate if you're 35 years old and um, meet other qualifications. Then entering the NBA draft, I, I just didn't. I have no idea what the process is like, but apparently our good friend Jordan, his name's Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Jordan, he cracked the code. I assume like, you know, agents have people who are, you know, doing all the paperwork and filing all of this stuff and yada, yada, yada. But who knew that just a random guy um or gal, I suppose, could just enter the uh, the NBA draft and become eligible for it. I don't think he's going to be picked. He was not invited to the combine, um, but I guess his name will forever live alongside Victor Wembanyama as a draft eligible person in twenty twenty three. 
crazier things have happened. I mean, the Thunder picked Veet Crutcher. Have they? Nobody. Have they, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. That'd be Disney movie. Did, did stuff. this guy even play like college basketball? I don't think so. But uh, he said that he is going to fly out to the draft and sit at the draft <laughs> in the stands. And he said, I won't be satisfied until Adam Silver calls my name and I get to go stand up there with him. I'll try to talk to this guy. I'm sure he's going to be a popular guy among reporters to talk to because it's kind of a cool, quirky story. Um, but yeah, I, I I like that. I like that. What he year? will not be among the draft prospects we talk about. What year did you graduate from OU again, Joe? 2016. I guess that. And would you like to know what class you would have been in? Um. Yeah, I'm looking it up here, but you, you, the, you the tell ben me. The Ben Simmons draft. Oh, oh how Simmons, about that? Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, uh, Damanis Sabonis, Buddy Heald, Jamal Murray going off. You could have been in that category right there. Wow. I'm, uh, you know, it's not a stacked class exactly. So, um, uh, Yurgos Papa, Papa Giannis, Papa Giannis. He played in 39 games. He was the, uh, sounds like Papa John's. He, he, uh, he was the 13th overall pick only played in 39 more games than I did. Um, Abdul Nader was in that class. Daniel Hamilton. We've got, I some... like Abdul Nader. Uh, Bryce Cousins? Johnson from us. Ooh, Isaiah Cousins. Tyler Ulis. Yeah. Zubox. DeJounte Murray, I think uh, Pascal Siakam, you're you're in an elite class here. I think that you would have really yeah, stirred them up. Isaiah Cousins, former OU Sooner, that mm-hmm. never appeared in an uh, NBA game. So it's basically like my path. Um, graduated in 16 and, and never never quite made it in life or in the NBA. But hey, Isaiah Cousins, shout out. Uh, I talked to Tayshon Thomas the other day. I think I told the story. Um, teammates with Victor Wembanyama in France, but he says he talks to Isaiah Cousins almost every day. Uh, those two guys were teammates on the um, Sweet 16 team. Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the Final Four team a year later, um, but Isaiah Cousins is still playing overseas, so shout out. Nice. Did he have anything cool to say about Victor Wembanyama? Hopefully not just he's tall and has long arms. Uh, he really, Tayshawn had nothing but great things to say, not only about the player, which we all know about, but also the person. He said that just a really good kid, um, wants to fit in with the rest of the guys, like the program there at Metropolitan's 92 is obviously centered around Victor, but, um, they're trying to win basketball games as well. So, um, Tayshawn said that the hype is all legitimate and, yeah, he he was like every every crazy thing people are saying about him is true. I was watching this, this is the last thing that before we get into um, our segment of uh, top three trade up ideas, but not brought to you by TikTok. But another TikTok I saw was this guy who uh, was talking about the draft lottery, and he goes, "I think it's just insane that my entire mental uh, fortitude and happiness kind of hinges on if a bunch of ping pong balls have to tell a French teenager if he has to move to Detroit or not." <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really you imagine good one. If your destiny was like you're this high level athlete and you're just going out there and it's like, yeah, uh, these ping pong balls. So you have to move to San Antonio. It really is crazy. Like that those balls and the randomness of it and kind of the ridiculous 
uniqueness of it decide where someone is going to to live their life for uh, the foreseeable future. Well, let's get into some other ridiculous stuff because we have our trade up ideas. Would you like to go first, Mr. Masada, sure. with your trade up idea? I would not want to go first. I don't like pressure, so I want you to go first. I will go first. This is one that I talked about last week, uh, like right at, or a couple weeks ago, right after we got the draft lottery results. But the Thunder trade the number 12 pick um, to the Jazz along with uh, the Jazz's top uh, 10 protected pick next year. So that would give the Jazz the ability to tank their hearts out if they so desire. And the Thunder in return would get the ninth overall pick. That puts you nice in the range of guys like Cason Wallace and others. Maybe there's a guy who falls. Maybe it's a Jairus Walker. Maybe it's Taylor Hendricks, Grady Dick, or anybody like that. But I think this gives a pretty good value for both teams. I do, too. I think of all of our ideas, this one is going to be my favorite, even without knowing what uh, other two you have. I just think it's very realistic. I think that the Jazz are going to continue to be in asset accumulation mode, much like the Thunder has been in, although the Jazz's timeline um, is is behind the Thunder's timeline, even though the Thunder doesn't say they have a timeline. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think this makes I think this makes a lot of sense. It's of course incumbent, as are all of these trades, on a couple of things. Number one, do the Jazz not like a guy enough at nine to be agreeable to something like this, where they weigh the value of getting an extra pick versus staying at nine? And number two, does the Thunder value someone enough at number nine to make a deal like this um, to move up? You mentioned a few guys. Um, you know, if they they think Taylor Hendricks or Cason Wallace isn't going to be available at number twelve, um, maybe you maybe you overpay just a little bit and be aware of that, knowing that you've got this treasure trove of picks and that you have kind of the latitude to do that um, and uh, and make a trade like this. So. I like this one a lot. Yeah, and you get the um, also the ability with the Jazz. I think this helps is it's not just a protected pick in 2025. It's 2026 as well. So if they wanted to go full rebuild over the next couple of years, that would give them a lot of flexibility, even if next year's draft doesn't look like it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, Jazz are in kind of a weird spot. I mean, I think they're in a good spot, but... Um, oh, it's actually top 10 protected for 24, 25, and 26. That's actually That okay. would actually be very nice for the Jazz. Okay. So tell us the deal once more just to wrap this all up. So that would be here. We've got the Thunder would receive the number nine pick in the draft in exchange for the number 12 pick, and Utah would get their pick control back uh, of their first round pick that goes from 24... 25 and 26. I think that was in the salary dump for the Derek Favors trade a while ago. But the Thunder get to move up and get some more flexibility if they identify a guy that they want or a guy's falling in the draft. Mm -hmm. The Jazz move back a couple of spots. It's not going to kill them. And they get control of their first round pick back for the next three years. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Is there a lot of difference between number nine and number 12? Probably not. But you would always rather pick ninth than twelfth. That's uh, that's pretty simple. Just gives you more optionality, and that's why Sam Presti says, "If I can trade up, I'll trade up." So, I will go with my number one trade idea, and this is partly my number one because it will give me a chance to 
share some news that that Mark Stein reported yesterday. So um, I said, what about Washington? The Wizards of Washington. Um, they have the number eight pick um, in the draft. So, so one ahead of the aforementioned Utah Jazz. A lot of Thunder connections here. So Michael Winger um, is their new basically president of the whole organization. It's kind of a different uh, setup in Washington. It's called Monumental Sports. So he's he's the president of the ownership group that includes the Wizards, their G League team, the Capital City Go-Go, great name, um, and the Washington Mystics of the WNBA. So by all accounts, he's still going to hire a general manager who's going to be more hands-on simply with um, the Wizards. Now, I think all decisions are still going to come through Winger, but it's going to have a right-hand man and Mark Stein, um, formerly of the New York Times, now of his own Substack, uh, reported that Will Dawkins um, is a is a candidate to be the new GM in Washington, which um, if you don't know the name Will Dawkins, he's kind of been behind the scenes for a really long time now. And by a really long time, I mean since 2008. He has been with the Thunder since they arrived in Oklahoma City, um, been with this team for 15 seasons. He spent the last three seasons as vice president of basketball operations. Um, he shares that title with Rob Hennigan, um, the former GM of the Orlando Magic, who before that was with the Thunder, and now after that is is back with the Thunder. So Will Dawkins and Rob Hennigan are basically the the right-hand men to Sam Presti next in line, basically. Um, so I, I think it would, uh, gotten to know Will a, a little bit, I think it would be an excellent hire uh, for the Wizards. Um, Will has actually done some of the post-draft press conferences. He, he's very hands-on in that process. So um, I bring this up because I don't know if they're going to want to trade with each other right away, but it's easier to trade with guys that, that you have a good relationship with. Um, we've seen the the Thunder and the Pistons, for example, make a, they made that Hamadou Diallo trade. Um, Troy Weaver's up there in Detroit. So something similar might happen. Here's my idea after that long-winded preamble. Uh, the Thunder trades, so, so they get number eight. Uh, they trade away number 12. So to compensate for moving up four spots, I have no idea what the value would be, but I said they also the Thunder also gives the Clippers 2024 first and the Thunder's 2025 first. Um, so that's that's trading three picks to move up four spots. But I, I just said nine's not a huge jump. I guess eight isn't either, but it's a bigger jump, and I I think you're going to have to include more. Uh, that Clippers 2024 first is is interesting. It's unprotected. I know the Clippers have been an absolute mess, but I still think they're going to be good next year. I, I don't foresee that being um, a lottery pick. And then the Thunder's 2025 pit, pick, I would probably fight for like a top three, at least, protection on that just uh, to to avoid a complete disaster scenario. Uh, but by 2025, you don't expect that to be a lottery pick either. Um, but it just gives the Wizards more bites at the apple, as Sam Presti would say. And now is uh, um, Michael Winger and perhaps Will Dawkins are singing in Washington. So um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about that one, Michael? 
It would really depend on the protections. One thing I'm just looking at with the Thunder's future picks is I don't under I'm not sh- for sure how it would work because the Thunder have swap rights with the Clippers in 2025. So I'm not sure if you'd be trading that also if you gave it to the Wizards, say if the Clippers pick jumps up and they own swap rights and now they can move up with the Thunder's pick to wherever the Clippers are. Yeah, I don't think it would affect the swap rights. The Thunder would still have swap rights to the Clippers pick in 2025. Um, but the 2024 pick is uh, is just unprotected um, and doesn't affect that pick swap in 25. And what year was the Clippers pick? And were there any protections on that? No, it'd be it'd be next year for next year's draft. OK, unprotected. OK, I don't mind that. I, I had a similar one also with the Wizards. Similar thinking. We spend too much time together, obviously, because I was like, oh, well, Michael Winger already made a uh, trade with the Thunder for Paul George. Rob Hennigan, another guy like you mentioned, was with Orlando for the uh, Oladipo and Sabonis for Surge deal. That's right. You mentioned Troy Weaver. So I think it's just a rite of passage. If Will Dawkins was to leave, you just this is the price you pay. You have to pay Presti back and send a trade. And I had Something similar to you. I had a few less picks going out the door. Yours is much better value, but I had the um, Wizards pick going to the Thunder. So that number eight in exchange for the Thunder's number 12 pick this year, that same Utah uh, protected pick for the next uh, three years and then two second round picks. And then if you want to throw in a contract as much as it pains me to say, maybe you could throw Aaron Wiggins in just because the Wizards have no young wings or guards on their roster. I mean, Johnny Davis, as we know, is uh, probably not going to work out. So if they can get anybody, I think that would be nice value for them as they move back a little bit. They acquire more assets and they get a guy in Wiggins who can play with their team right now. Yeah, I like that. I actually did not include uh, any players uh, in, in the in the picks I came up with. Uh, it gets a little little tricky, but that does make sense, especially for the Withers. I just... You know, it's hard to know what their plan is, given that, you know, they have a completely new uh, leadership uh, system in place. So what are they going to want to do if they if they really want to blow it up, which is what Washington has been unwilling to do, which is why they've just been stuck in mediocrity for for so long. Um, The Bradley Beal situation with his no trade clause, obviously. Uh, complicates anything that that they'll be able to do, but like a guy like Wiggins, I don't know how much that would move the needle for them if they just want to uh, to blow it up and and acquire some more picks. But we're on the same track, I think. Uh, I think the Utah one makes sense. I think the Wizards one is, is less likely. Um, here's the deal: if I was, I, I don't want to say Will Dawkins; he hasn't. I, I don't know what the status of that is, uh, quite frankly. But yeah. if I'm Michael Winger or a former Thunder exec, number one on my do not do this list would be <laughs> the trade with the Thunder. Like, I just don't, I, I just want to do it. Like, you spend enough time around Sam Presti. You know the deals he's made in the past. You know how smart he is. And listen, the people working with him are, are, smart as well but i i just want to tempt fate i just would not do that like you you've seen how this man operates just just stay away and pick on someone else 
That's not even the craziest trade I have. I have one more that I think might blow your socks off, but it is back to you for your second trade. Okay. Well, that was a that was quite a cliffhanger. My second trade. Uh, it's not a huge one. So, so Dallas has the number ten pick. Yeah. All indications are that they're going to. You know what? You you have to add talent around Luca. You've got to add talent that's going to win right now. Um, are you going to draft a guy at number ten that Luca's going to be happy with right away? That's going to impact winning right away. Uh, chances are that is not going to happen. Um, now the Thunder does not have players that would help Dallas right now that the Thunder would be willing to trade. So, sure. Shea would help Dallas. Jada would help Dallas. Giddy would help Dallas. They're, they're just not going to do that in a trade like this. Um, however, this would require another team, but um, I say that the Thunder trades number 12 to move up to number 10, and the Thunder attaches future first-round pick of your choice just for simplicity. Um, I said the Thunder's 2026 first-round pick. Again, I will put I'll put top five protection on that. Is the, are the Mavericks really interested in the Thunder's twenty twenty six first round pick? No, but um, they are sorely lacking uh, picks to trade to uh, to get a bigger to get a bigger package for whoever they want to go out and trade for. Um, so this would just give them one more one more bullet, basically, and the only price they pay is moving back two spots for. Um, something I guess they could then trade. So it's just about giving Dallas more options in a, in a potential trade package. Yeah. I don't think anyone really thinks the Mavericks are going to keep whoever they draft here. So if you can move back a couple of spots and get another first round pick, now you have two, you can move. Um, I did hear something similar or that reminded me of on down to dunk, which I really like from Alex Spears, our good friend. And he had something from their chat about um, trading 12, and uh, our uh, Vasily Michich for number 10, that he could be a guy who finally comes over after all these years of the Mavericks who want to win. I've said this on this pod before, Vasily Michich, although, gosh, he switched agents, but I used to always say he had the best agent in sports because he would sort of dangle this interest of, all right, I'm ready to come over to the NBA. It was never legitimate, um, but whether it was... FS or anyone else he's playing with in Europe, it would o- always end up in a bigger contract for him um, because he could always say, all right, I'm leaving unless I get a bigger contract. Um, I am I am convinced I'm not going to say that. I'm going to retract that. Edit that out. You won't, but I'm editing myself. Um, I think it's very unlikely that Vasily Micic ever plays for the Thunder. I think it's pretty unlikely he ever plays in the NBA. But it all he has all the leverage in this situation. Like if Michich says to Dallas, I, I guess he can't really do that, but if he uh if they get the message out that hey, trade me to Dallas, I'm going to play for them. All of a sudden, that gives the Thunder leverage because they can go to Dallas and say, "Hey, this guy's not going to play for us, but he's going to play for you. But to make this happen, uh, we, we've got to do something here. So Mitch, um, it's really the ball is in his court. Um, 
I, I just don't think it's going to be with the Thunder. Dubious to say the least is uh, probably how you're feeling. But are you ready for my my last trade here? Yeah, let's it hear is, it. It is a three-team deal here. Oh, no. <laughs> the Thunder. <laughs> All right. Well, just before you get <laughs> all pessimistic here, this ends with the Thunder getting the number six pick in the draft from the Orlando Magic. But how, they how do does that it, happen? How do they do it is they take on Jonathan Isaac's bad money of $17 million a year for the next two years. Uh, they get the number six pick in the draft. In exchange, the Thunder uh, still do that part of the Utah deal where they trade 12 and their picks back to Utah. And then that ninth pick goes to the Magic along with the Rockets 2024 pick and insert player that could be Aaron Wiggins to the Orlando Magic. The Magic add some picks later on. And it's not exactly like they need the highest end talent right now. And they get off some bad money, which would open up cap space for them where they would now have $40 million in cap room this summer. If they wanted to trade for a guy like a Jordan Poole or just sign a Fred Van Vliet or anybody else like that. Well, my mind is uh, is broken by three team trades and uh, this one is no different. But I, I see where you're going with this. The, the one thing... This hinges on, of course, is you said bad, get off the bad money that, that Jonathan Isaac has. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's unclear how the magic feel about Jonathan Isaac at this point. Um, when he's been on the court, he's been one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Um, and if he can return to that level, I'm sure they'd want to have him and would not consider him bad money. And maybe if the Thunder trades for him, they would want to have him as well and not not consider that um, a bad contract either. There's also, I don't want to say off the court things, there's also locker room dynamics and that he's not been the most popular teammate. Um, and that obviously means a lot uh, to the Thunder. So how would he, how would he fit in? I'll just say... If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Jonathan Isaac would probably fit in great in Oklahoma City uh, at large. Um, but yeah, this one uh, this one's interesting. I did not have a three a three teamer on my uh, on my sheet. I'm a I'm a very I'm a simple man, Michael. I can't go that far. One for one, no picks, just player for player. That's it. It's even value or it's not there. But Jonathan Isaac, I think there was a stat that before he came back this year from injury to play, that Vince Carter had more recently played in an NBA game than Jonathan Isaac at one Holy point. Holy cow. So I don't, it's not that he's a bad player. It's just that he's never available. So yeah. something like that, if they can get off some money and it's, Maybe it's less about him just being horrendous, like bad money, like the dead money contracts we've seen in the past, like uh, Luol Deng, that contract got moved all over and other guys like that. But um, more so, like I said, to free up the cap room to go get a Fred Van Vliet or trade for Jordan Poole and you don't have to give salary back to uh, the Warriors who uh, are not wanting to add any more money to their uh, finance, uh, finances right now. Yeah, so Jonathan Isaac, still just 25. He'll be close to 26 next season. Played in 11 games last year before having season-ending surgery. And um, he did not... He missed all of the 2020-21 season and 2021-22 season. Um, had really not seen him since the bubble. So... 
Yeah, I mean, major, major, major red flags. I, I would say that, you know, the chances are more likely than not that we never see Jonathan Isaac be an impactful NBA player, but kind of a kind of a lottery card at, at, at this point that the Magic might be ready to just kind of wash their hands of and move on. And the Thunder are happy to do that in exchange for the number six pick in the draft, which uh, oh, yeah. would give you all types of options there. And you just get off the, um, well, get off, I say that as like a positive, but it, it's just, uh, or like they were trying to get rid of it. But if you can trade the 2024 first uh, Houston pick, which is top four protected, I mean, if it's number six next year, you'd be ecstatic. You just get it a year earlier. And you mm-hmm. get it now in a draft class that you already know where the pick is and you know which guys are probably in that range. So I think that they do it. But there's a lot of moving pieces. I understand this isn't 2K, but I uh, wanted to uh, throw my trade machine cap on for a second here. Well, I will throw out a crazy one as my last one. I'm ready. Uh, um, I've labeled it the Godfather offer to move up to number four where the Houston Rockets are selecting. And it's basically like... Okay, Rockets. Um, you you had terrible luck on lottery night. You don't know how to develop players. You don't know how to to scout players. Don't don't even don't even try to mess this up at number four. We'll take the number four pick off your hands. There's going to be a lot of pressure for you at number twelve, and as a as a reward, um, you 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 finally get your get out of jail card for the horrible Russell Westbrook Chris Paul trade. So, in addition, um you know, moving back from number 4. This this is not going to happen, folks, but I'm just having a good time here. Um so the Rockets get number 12. They get their first rounders back in 2024 and 2026. That's a big deal because it it gives them um more freedom to to then trade future picks. Um, to, um, you know, make a big splash, whatever it may be, which seems like they want to make a big splash. Um, they also get the Clippers 2024 first. So, so right now that gives them 20, it gives them number 12, gives them their own two first round picks back. And it gives them a, an unprotected Clippers pick back in 2024. I don't know if that would be enough. Um, that's that's three future picks while moving back eight picks in this draft. It'd probably have to be another pick. Um, but just just throwing out that potential scenario, I don't think Houston would do that. Um, I don't know if the Thunder would do that because number four is you're getting into the gray area of this draft after Victor's in a tier of his own. Tier two is Scoot, Brandon Miller. Tier three starts with the number four pick. Um, whether it be a Thompson twin, whether, you know, the Thunder is just in love with Anthony Black and and that's what it takes to to draft him. They're in love with Jairus Walker. That's what it takes to draft him. Who knows? Um, but um, yeah, I, I thought I would put that one on the table. Just for fun. Yeah, I um, I think it'd be more intriguing hypothetically if Brandon Miller did fall to four, then I think you're really cooking with something because I've seen a lot of Rockets people who are not enthralled with the... Uh, the fit of him and Jabari Smith next to each other because it's kind of redundant. They kind of do the same things and operate in the same space. So maybe if Brandon Miller falls to four and you're confident about the off the court stuff, then you move up for that. But uh, yeah, there's a whole lot 
going on. But um, let us know which uh, trades you like the most here. Um, sorry that I tried to trade Aaron Wiggins. I will never recover from that. Not intentionally, but if you want to move up, you have to give up uh, some good stuff, Joey. You got to spend money to make money. Yeah, and I, I know like ESPN had their things of like people trading up to to number one. That was a fun exercise. This is a fun exercise, although we did not have that much fun because that's just completely unrealistic. Like you trading up, you you've got to give away a lot like teams demand a ton and you're not going to trade into the first spot or in this draft this the second spot you know to move up even two or three picks you're going to have to attach a few extra picks um in addition to 12 so um will the thunder trade up i don't know like if they certainly have the options to do it and sam has has liked to trade up um in the past. So I'd put it about at 50, 50 odds um, that they're going to trade up on, on draft night, but I think it's going to be, um, it will certainly not be a trade. We just mentioned uh, on this podcast because we're not that good. Um, but it would be something similar, like moving up, you know, maybe two or three spots. I agree. So let's see um, here. I wanted to ask you about some guys who are, um, Coming through Oklahoma City, who have just done workouts with the Thunder, if you have any comments on them, I'm just going to go through all of them. There are some bigger names and other ones. Coleman Hawkins, 6'10", out of Illinois. Jalen Slauson, 6'7", uh, out of Furman. You can just stop me at any point if you have anything to say about these guys. Keep going. I uh, I have nothing on those two guys. <laughs> Jaylen I wish Forbes, them well. 6'5", Tulane. Seneca Knight, 6'7", uh, Illinois State. Jordan Hawkins, 6'5", out of UConn. That's been a guy who's been mocks the thunder and talked about a little bit more have you had any uh jordan hawkins watching experience i like jordan hawkins i have watched him quite a bit does not strike me as a uh thundery player but the definition of what a thundery player is can change um just an exceptional shot maker and, and would be a lot of fun to to watch but jordan hawkins is like the the name and like all caps bald letters especially compared uh, to the other players you just mentioned, although my second favorite player that you mentioned is Seneca Knight. Um, I know nothing about him, uh, but he he played he played for three colleges, by the way, San Jose State for three years, BYU for a year, and then Illinois State last year. I only bring him up because I like the name Seneca Knight. I don't like I, I'm I'm kind of done with Jalen's at this point. There's just I know we have if their last name is different that's fine but uh you mentioned a couple Jalen's in there and oh boy not another, I, I just want to avoid that not another Jalen but uh Jarris Walker also worked out for the Thunder 67249 out of Houston one of my favorite players in the draft right there yeah I'm a big Jarris Walker fan um these these trades that we mentioned uh you know moving up a few spots like I I, I would love um to see them do that for a guy like Jairus Walker, who has just a really good feel offensively, not a great score, not a natural score, but a guy who like the Thunder loves can make quick decisions um, is just has a great feel for that end of the floor. But then you're drafting him for his defense, uh, just kind of a switch everything, just muscly guy who could play the four next to Chet and and kind of be an enforcer um 
down there, especially if anyone picks on his good friend Chet. So uh, I like Jairus Walker quite a bit. I love Kelvin Sampson, so I'm naturally going to be biased toward um, any Houston guys. But but I think that you know he's going to come in with the toughness and a defensive attitude that Kelvin really preaches down there. Next up is Derek Lively, a guy that Derek Parker and I talked about last week. Uh, he scares me, Joe. Seven foot one, two thirty. He just reminds me of like that Jackson Hayes uh, type, which maybe the Thunder finds something in him. He's got a lot of potential. He was a, I think, a five star guy. But yeah, uh, the typical lob threat big that I think you can probably get later on. But um, he's an interesting prospect, to say the least. Yeah, uh, definitely out on Derek Lively at number twelve. But you know, maybe if. Uh... You know, maybe I, I think you can get a guy like that um, with one of their second round picks or, you know, maybe they maybe they pick at 12 and kind of buy their way up into the draft later in the first round um, doing something and, and could target a guy like that there. But I, I do not see that at number 12. Trace Jackson Davis, 6'9", 245 out of Indiana. He was a consensus All-American and a four time Big Ten, all, uh, all Big Ten member. Uh, I don't know too much about him, but uh, another guy who's coming in, Noah Clowney, 6'10", 210 out of Alabama, averaged nine points, eight rebounds and a block. He uh, played next to Brandon Miller. I saw a couple of nice things of him. I haven't had the deep dive. Uh, Gigi Jackson is a guy who I've heard a lot of uh, conflicting things about him as a prospect just because he's so much younger than a lot of guys there. I think he early enrolled to South Carolina. Do you know anything about Gigi Jackson? Yeah, he's super young, still just 18. Teams are really going to have to do their homework on him because he's uh he, he's so hard to project at, at this point and, you know, kind of just seems focused on on getting his numbers and everything like that. So I think the interviews will be paramount for uh, uh whoever drafts Juju Jackson. The Thunder picked up a uh, former Baylor guard earlier this season and Jared Butler. Will they pick up Keontae George, who worked out with them, 6'4", guard out of Baylor, 185, uh, like Derek and I talked about. He reminds me uh, very much so of a slightly bigger Trey man. Yeah, and I like how you guys broke that down. Um, and if that's the case, then I, I am out at number 12. Um, I I don't really see it with Keontae George. However... I am I'm far from a draft expert, um, but I, I would be surprised if they went that route at 12. Are you saying that your opinion isn't the end all be all of all these guys? My opinion means absolutely nothing. Um, Sam can get a little self-deprecating, but when he says that no one knows how any of these guys are going to turn out, he certainly has a better idea than I do. Um, but I think his his point is a good one that. You know, we're we're talking about all these guys, how they would fit. Like I just, you know, raved about Jairus Walker. There's a chance Jairus Walker is a complete flop and doesn't work out. And and you know, all the film we're watching on him, all the articles we're reading about him, podcast listening, you know, to these other draft experts, we we all could just be dead wrong. So that's the thing to keep in mind with with all these guys. It's just that during this time, there's nothing else to talk about. And the draft is interesting, but um, it's one big guessing game. Next up, Jet Howard, 6'8", 215 out of Michigan, son of Joan Howard. Also just has a really cool name in Jet, but uh, inconsistent shooter on some of the stuff that I've seen and just kind of in and out. Um, I think that Kobe Bufkin kind of uh, stepped up after Jet Howard phased a little bit back, but 
he's a high level younger prospect, but I haven't seen anything that um, has really stood out to me if you've watched any Jet Howard tape. Well, I love Jet Howard, and uh, for the same reason, I love Seneca Knight, and I just think he has a cool name. He also has a cool story um, with his dad being Jawan Howard. So if you have a cool name and you have a cool story, you're checking two very important boxes uh, that I have, at least, because um, I'm going to have to type this guy's name a lot, and if I enjoy typing it, check and if I uh, and if I have a lot of story opportunities and chances to talk to John Howard and and tell his backstory, then then uh, I'm all for for that. So um, that means a lot more to me than uh, kind of how you how you defend a pick and roll or or uh, what your shooting numbers are. Fun name and fun origins. Needless to say, Poku was number one on your board back in the day. Poku was pretty high. Uh, Poku was 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 really high um i'm trying to think of other trying to think of other i mean j-dub has been yeah has been great um endless story opportunities there just with his irregular path to the nba he's got a good personality uh some of these second round guys that they found whether it be uh wiggins or you know, JRE, J. Will, J. Will was a great story this year. How about that? So uh, I enjoyed that. The Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams story was fun for a year. It's no longer going to be fun for them or for anyone else. Um, but, but yeah, do me a favor, Sam. Uh, good, good story, good name, and I won't complain. Got some fun names on the Thunder. You got Lou Dort, which is just a meme in itself, and then Shay's full name, Shay. <laughs> Shavante Asian Gilgis Alexander, which somebody told me sounds like um, a Harry Potter spell. It which is. I really enjoyed. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, there are there are some good names. Uh, Poku obviously is a is a nice little nickname. Kenrich Williams, Kenny Hustle, um, Scoot Henderson is a great name. That's not going to happen. Uh, Victor Wembanyama, I have trouble with now. I know it now, but I keep wanting to spell it W-E-M-B-E-N-Y-A-M-A, but it's B-A-N-Y-A-M-A. Um, Gigi Jackson, I, I like that name quite a bit. So, Well, we've got a more boring one here up next, and that's Nick Smith Jr., 6'5". Oh, gosh. He's another um, sort of a utility six-man from what I've seen, sort of the Jordan Clarkson... Uh, Emmanuel quickly asks where it's inconsistent scoring, but he can get on a heater. Do you have any Nick Smith Jr. thoughts? I do have some Nick Smith Jr. thoughts. Um, he was a big, big time prospect. So 24-7 had him as the number one guy in his class. So definitely some pedigree there. And speaking of pedigree, he's from Little Rock, Arkansas. He went to North Little Rock High School. Which has some notable alums, one being Jay Will and the other being Isaiah Joe. There's probably more, but those Daniel are the Gafford, two. Right? Uh, didn't he also go there? Or was that just an I Arkansas think, thing? I don't remember, but he definitely. You're right about Arkansas. For all I know, he went to North Little Rock. But um, to have three guys from the same public school in Little Rock, Arkansas, would be remarkable. So. I take everything back. I can look past his name, Nick Smith, kind of boring. This is coming from a Joe, so I'm fully aware. Um, 
but yeah, I'm I'm in on Nick Smith because that's a really cool story. Not everything is black and white. There's some gray area for fun. Another Arkansas guy. This is a black area. Anthony Black. Anthony Black, the uh, the the dream scenario of our good friend Andrew Schlecht. I like Anthony Black a lot. Um, it's hard not to. Anthony Black seems to be a, a guy that used to be in this range at number 12 for the Thunder, but uh, now keeps moving up and up and up. Um, heck, he might be a top five pick. So the Thunder are going to have to, to part with some future picks if they want to draft Anthony Black. Yeah, I really like him. I just don't know that he'd be the best fit on the Thunder with how many ball handlers they have. Uh, but next up, Adama Sanago, 6'9", 240 out of UConn. Coming off a national championship, just like Jordan Hawkins. I think you want to capitalize on that, see if he can go back to back in the NBA. I think there's a there's not a long precedent of that, but I'm just making it up. Yes, he uh a Yukon man just like Mark Dagnall, so uh some some connections there, but I do not know all that much about Sonogo. Leonard Miller, I really like out of the G League Ignite. I think he's a really interesting player that I like the Thunder to take a look at if they stay at twelve and don't trade up. I like Leonard Miller as well. Um he I mean he he plays extremely hard, wants to be good, a guy that by all accounts is willing to put the work in and um has interviewed really well, could play uh could be that power forward that's sort of missing on on this team. I think he could be a guy that plays next to next to Chet or or even on the wing. I mean, he's got he's got some guard skills, so um another Canadian which you know what the Thunder can't get enough Canadians. Uh, he's from Montreal, so there's the Lou Dort connection there. So um, Leonard Miller would, um, he'd be pretty high on my list of like potential guys at twelve. The very obvious pipeline of Canada to Oklahoma here. Yeah, it's a. Uh, if you don't live in Canada, <laughs> Oklahoma City is the next best thing. That's what everybody very, says. Very, very similar culturally. Oklahoma is the Canada of the Midwest <laughs> and South, as as we all know. That's what we all That's say. That's right. That's right. Next up, Amani Bates. He's a guy who's been very up and down with a lot of, uh, I think he was going to be the next Kevin Durant. He was projected as, then he went to Memphis, didn't really work out, and he was at Eastern Michigan um, last year. I think he's at least worth a flyer in the second round, maybe, but he seems more like a rocket to me than a Thunder player. Um, yeah, just from like a basketball perspective, kind of reminds me of like Patrick Baldwin Jr., a guy that was, uh, you know, had a ton of hype that that really fell, but you know, is going to get drafted just because maybe he can tap back into it. Um, Bates has had has had some kind of off-court questions and um you know what his his level of confidence is is kind of cool and um but but just go watch a, an interview of him and he doesn't really seem like a like a thunder guy although I would I would love someone who's going to say some um some pretty confident things that that might border on outlandish at the podium so um Amani Bates would be would be an interesting story. I do not see it happening um, at all. I was going to say, we need a wild card, and then I remembered Poku just flashed my mind, but another guy here, Eric Gaines, 6'3", 155 out of UAB. Uh, don't know a ton about him other than he is a 33% three-point shooter from three, 79% for the line. 
He played at UAB after playing at LSU. Uh, and then Drew Timmy, 6'10", 235 out of Gonzaga. I think that'd be a very fun stepbrothers type environment for him and Chet if they got drafted to the same team. Drew Timmy would be fun. Uh, obviously, having the the Chet connection, I'm sure he could tell us some good stories. Also, another A-plus interview. Uh, he's from Texas, so he'd uh, he'd be closer to home than than the Canadians would be. Um, yeah, I I mean Drew Timmy would be would be fun. Is kind of a where's he is you know a second, second round rounder. undrafted is what I would probably guess. Just being in a six yeah. ten big who's not super athletic who doesn't shoot the three who's been playing in college for a while as great of a player as he was in college obviously doesn't translate all the time so you just really sold him as a prospect it's what i do just a uh, really positive spins exclusive drew timmy's stock is plummeting yeah i'm sure i'm gonna get a call from his agent how could you <laughs> say this on a niche thunder podcast this is sam's gonna listen to this and go wait what you're telling he's me- gonna be. He's also gonna be 23 by like the time next season starts. Yeah, he could um, be the chaperone for Usman Jang around Oklahoma City. Yeah, no kidding. Last one here, and this is a guy that I think you're um, going to talk about soon, and that is Brandon Podzimski, six five, two hundred, out of Santa Clara. How do you feel about AirPods? Uh, AirPods is a great nickname. Uh, so I'm actually going to start writing the story after we get off this podcast. But Brandon Podzimski goes to Illinois uh, his freshman year, then transfers to Santa Clara. Um, so he did not play with with J Dub, who is a three year player at Santa Clara, but uh, Herb Sendak, who uh, has been around a, a really long time, coached at Arizona State among other places, uh, and is now has been at Santa Clara since I think 2016. So uh, I talked to him yesterday, just kind of about the similarities of J-Dub and Podzimski, just from the standpoint of they were kind of the talks of the combine, like J-Dub even more so, but I think Podzimski acquitted himself very well. Another similarity between the two, whereas most guys do not play in the five-on-five portion of the combine, um, both of those guys did. Um, So... Yeah, I'll have a I'll have a story on Podzimski. He's he's been getting a lot of traction. Um heck, who knows? Guys can rise fast. It didn't seem like J Dub was gonna be the draft pick at, at number twelve this time last year. Um seems like Podzimski would still be a reach at that point, but but who knows? Um uh Sendak joked with me that he'd have to get an apartment in Oklahoma City if if they draft Podzimski, so could have double Santa Clara action. Oh, that'd be terrible for Barry if that happened. If we have another Santa Clara guy, so he has to find a different way. Not just Santa Clara Williams, but because we have another Santa Clara guy. Yeah, but um, at least there's not another Brandon Podzimski in this draft. And if there is, then I will throw up my papers and walk into... <laughs> The great unknown, yeah. the abyss. I don't even know how you'd spell Brandon differently, but we're not going to get into that. As I, uh, <laughs> well, hey, here's here's the deal. Not to not to go too niche here, but he's B R A N D I N, and you can spell it O N. So, oh, I didn't um, see that. Yeah, there's a. Looks like Brandon Cooks also spells it with an I. So, 
we're, well, we're in the, Cook the golden out. age of uh, <laughs> alternate name uh, spellings and pronunciations. But Joe, thanks for coming on with me. Do you have anything else to plug? I'm sorry if I spoiled the the AirPods piece there. No, uh, look out for AirPods. Um, we're going to be doing kind of a lot more of what we've been talking about as far as like draft coverage. I'm going to uh, break guys into tiers, into a shooter's tier, into a defender's tier, into a thundery prototype tier, uh, international guys, just to kind of cover as many bases as we can. Um, I don't want to pretend I know who the Thunder is going to draft at number 12, but if I highlight um, several dozen guys, I, I feel good about my chance to at least write something about who they're going to draft um, or if they trade up. And if they trade up, just uh, just rewind and listen to all the ways that could happen. God willing. And no matter what, if you write about all those guys, you can say, I was right. I I, pre- I predicted who the Thunder were going to draft. And you have a hundred different articles who the Thunder are going to draft. I, uh, oh man, I'm, 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 I'm totally blanking on this now, but we did... Huh. I'm trying to. So so Barry did like he he does these like NCAA tournament bracket styles of like when there's a coach opening in college. So he does like 64 names and and then you know advances them each week or something based on the popularity. Just his version of a coaching search. Uh, he might kill me if I get this wrong, but I think when OU hired Jeff Capel, Jeff Capel was not on his bracket. I've done other things where it's like. With, with Thunder coaching candidates, Mark I did Dignall, mention yeah. Mark. I, I mentioned Dignall, but like I had a hundred names. This, I had no idea who they were going to hire. So I was like, here's a hundred names. Mark Dignall, I think, was one of them just because he was a Thunder assistant. So casting a wide net is what I'm getting at here. You got to cast a wide net uh, unless you unless you really know some things. And listen, I try to know as much as I can, but the Thunder. The Thunder is not uh, not a team that's just going to be giving away information. So we got to cast a wide net, folks. That's just that's just how it is. Sometimes you just got to know that you don't know what you don't know. I I do know that I don't know that I don't that I know nothing. I know exactly, <laughs> but I do know something for sure, and that is we will be back next week for some more Thunder coverage, some more draft stuff, some more interesting just um, thoughts on the playoffs and how it. Um, can um relate to the thunder and other things joe but thanks for coming on with me like i mentioned we'll be back on tuesday thank you so much for listening rate us five stars on apple spotify wherever you get your podcast we are at thunderbud pod on twitter for any updates on the pod if we decide to record something crazy for an emergency something happens but irregardless thank you so much for listening and we'll be back again on tuesday